You are listening to Inside the Tunnel, a Virginia Tech sports podcast presented by VT Scoop on 247sports.com. All right, everyone, welcome back to an emergency Friday podcast edition of Inside the Tunnel, joined by Doug right now. Doug, we got news from our very own insider, Evan G. Watkins, who has all the contacts in the world. He was randomly scrolling through Instagram, stumbled upon a Trey Turner story, and found out that Hendon Hooker is getting his first start this weekend against Miami. What do you make of this news? Uh, well, I guess Trey Turner is taking over Adam Schefter's role as it relates to Virginia Tech football, <laughs> but I don't think it was much of a surprise. We talked about it a little bit earlier this week, just knowing how banged up Ryan Willis has been over the last couple of weeks. I think they hoped that a bye week would, would help him out, but clearly going 7 for 18 against Duke for 100 and I think it was 112 yards. I think it ultimately comes down to whether you decide if he's just too hurt to really make a positive impact on the field for Virginia Tech right now. So I think that's probably the, the huge reason behind this. You know, Virginia Tech two and two and two now and 10 points against Duke haven't looked anything like the offensive team that we expected them to look going forward. So it makes sense to make a quarterback change heading into week five, I think. I think that the injury concerns are definitely legitimate. Looking at it last week, it makes a bit more sense to me why they chose to bring in Quincy and Hendon and kind of rotate those guys to an obvious rushing downs to kind of alleviate any physical concerns for Ryan Willis so that he wouldn't have to take much of a punishment. It also shows that every time he's trying to really launch the ball downfield, you can tell something just isn't right. His accuracy seems off, and I think it seems like a no-brainer to bring in a guy like Hendon Hooker. I mean, you have to instill confidence in someone Bringing in a guy like Hendon Hooker definitely shows a little bit of confidence in him. But I am curious, what do you think we can realistically expect out of Hendon in his first start? It's really hard to say, isn't it, based on the fact that we just haven't seen him throw the ball a ton. Um, I think he had two passes against Duke, and none of them were you know, particularly downfield or, or difficult passes. So we're going to get our first extended look at what Virginia Tech's passing game looks like with Hendon Hooker. I mean, clearly Virginia Tech's running game isn't strong enough to where they can just become this heavy, heavy running team and expect to win. So he's going to have to throw the ball. He doesn't necessarily get a great first first situation going on the road at Miami after what happened last week. So there's still a lot of pressure on him. He's banged up as well. So we'll see, you know, against the fast, aggressive Miami defense if he can if he if, if he can hold up over four quarters on the road. Obviously you know when you have a threat at quarterback that obviously gives you an, an additional an additional option, additional number for the defense to account for. So I think you might see a little bit more designed quarterback runs to take advantage of his of his ability there. But I think the big question is what is the passing game gonna look like um, on Saturday? You mentioned it one for two, eight career total passing yards, 11 carries for 53 yards and one touchdown. I think he adds a little bit more out of that read option, like you mentioned. I think Virginia Tech will have to keep the game plan simple, really try to establish the run against this tough Miami front seven, 
We mentioned in our preview earlier in the week that Miami's linebackers are, are really intelligent, really instinctive players. So any sort of trickery or read option type plays, I think they'll have a good handle on, which will definitely make it tough for Hendon. But if you were Brad Cornelson, and I'm not saying it in a bad way that your job is in question or anything, but how would you schematically try to make Hendon feel comfortable on the road against Miami? Well, I think you have to first just play to his strength and let him be who he is, which is, you know, I think he's a, a guy who likes to run the ball. So, um, and he's athletic enough to be good at it. So I think you have to, I think you have to work in some early design runs, the read options, the keepers, the, you know, those kind of quarterback running plays, the, you know, let him, let him kind of do his thing. And then, you know, the passing game, I think it's going to be a lot of short passes, especially early in trying to, trying to create some confidence on his part that, you know, he can consistently deliver the ball. And I don't, I don't know if it's going to change the offense, the passing game that much. Virginia Tech has pretty much been a, a short passing team so far this year with the occasional shot down the field. Um, you think about all the, all the, all the screens and the and the the drag routes that you know Caleb Smith runs. I think Tavian Robinson ran one against Duke. They came up short on third down. At some point, you're going to have to take a shot downfield. But I, but I think Virginia Tech's going to try and get the running game going. Get them a couple you know short passes that maybe get Miami looking looking towards the line of scrimmage and then you know take a shot downfield with a a Damon Hazelton. It's all but been confirmed that Trey Turner is going to miss this game with an injury. Of course, he was the perpetrator that revealed the starting quarterback position for Virginia Tech against Miami. I think, personally, I would love to see a lot of two tight end looks, maybe Dalton Keene as an H-back type in the backfield, or James Mitchell. I would like to see if they could design, I don't know how the week of practice has gone in regards to game prep, if Jerry Kill has implemented anything in that regard, but maybe some like RPOs, short tight end slants off a of read option. Uh, I think we'll see a lot of screen passes, a lot of misdirections, uh, just things to kind of keep the defense honest. We'll see how effective it can be. But like you mentioned, it really hasn't been – when you think of this Virginia Tech offense, you think with playmakers like Damon Hazleton, Trey Turner, James Mitchell, that they're really just pushing the ball downfield. But it seems like a lot of the plays or bigger plays this year have come around the line of scrimmage. Yeah, I think – yeah, that's exactly right. If you think to the – I mean, the two deep balls that stand out in my mind are the touchdown that Grimsley caught against Boston College and then the one against Duke for Hazleton last week. And, I mean, you think about those plays, and it's not like those were situations where Willis went through a bunch of progressions downfield and picked out the right target. I think those were situations where Cornelson identified the perfect play, called it, and it was against the right defense, the right situation to throw that deep ball, and they executed it well, and it results in the touchdown. So those are the situations where you got to look for this week as far as when Hooker is going to push the ball down the field. But other than that, yeah, everything's been around the line of scrimmage trying to move the chains a little bit. I think I think one, he talked a little bit about plays that they can run. I think another option is to roll Hooker out of the pocket and kind of give him that option to run it if nobody's open, but roll him to the right side of the field and get him on the edge. You know, it shrinks the field 
for what he has to read to make a decision on. And then worst case scenario, he can just try to pick up a couple yards on the ground. Now, outside of Hooker, obviously, he needs to have a big game in order for Virginia Tech to become successful. Is there any specific player that you feel really needs to step up in this game in order for Virginia Tech to be successful offensively? I mean, the offensive line, but you could say that about any any game. Um, I think Deshaun McLeod is probably the one that you're looking at. If he's going to get the majority of carries, he can throw Deshaun King in there, I guess. Having a running game from your running back would be really helpful, particularly if we think the read option and play action are, go- are going to be huge parts of the of the offense this week, which which I think is true. If you can have a multi-dimensional ground game where the fake handoff for the handoff and the cleat is a threat or as much of a threat as Hooker keeping it, I think that would be a big a big help. And then I think the other guy is Hazleton. He's clearly the most talented receiver available this week, and based on last year, he's probably the one guy that can consistently win one-on-one battles against against any defensive back in the in the ACC. So I think he's got to have a um, a huge day. I was going to go with Hazleton, but since you touched on it, I'm going to go back to the two tight ends, Dalton Keene and James Mitchell. I'm not saying Virginia Tech should completely adapt their offense or that they're anything similar to the Baltimore Ravens, but the way they use Lamar Jackson and kind of that RPO scheme with Mark Andrews as a tight end is just so dynamic. And through the first few weeks of the NFL season, it just seems like the connection between the tight end and a dual threat quarterback just works so well. And it's nothing that's too crazy. You know, it's just slants over the middle, uh, little screen plays, uh, things to get the tight ends going and really get them in space one-on-one against a safety in the open field. If there's ways that they can scheme Dalton Keene, Dalton Screen, I should say, or, or James Mitchell, I would love to see that. I would love to see either one of them have a breakout game uh, to really carry the load, at least in the passing game. We'll see what happens in that regard. And then you touched on it too, Keyshawn King and Deshaun McLeese. They're going to need to have massive games. I mean, it's crucial ball security all the time, but especially in this game, neither one of them can afford to miss any snaps. That's going to be the biggest story is if you know, Virginia Tech can can win the turnover battle. Miami's whole defense is predicated on creating turnovers, queue up the turnover chain, but that's, that's who they are and that's who they've been for years and years. And Virginia Tech this year has struggled, struggled mightily with, with taking care of the ball. So... Virginia Tech puts the ball on the ground, whether it's McLeese or King or Hooker or anybody, they're going to lose the game by multiple, multiple touchdowns. So they have to, I mean, that's got to be the number one thing is to not turn the ball over. You start there and then hope that you can can win the game in other parts of the game. And, you know, just touching on the tight end talk that you had, I think that's a, that's a huge, huge role this week, considering Hooker's probably going to be scrambling a lot. He likes to pull it down and run, so... I don't think he's going to be the guy to stand tall in the pocket and, you know, throw it the last second to his third or fourth option. His tendency is probably going to be to, to tuck the ball and run or roll out and scramble. I think that's where a guy like Dalton Dean, if he can just, you know, settle in and find a hole, if maybe you tell Hooker, like, if you're rolling out looking down, he'll try and find Dalton Dean somewhere. And you, and you tell Keen to just be ready to go get the ball whenever possible. I'm very interested to see what's going to happen. I'm personally excited because we get to see a little glimpse of the future, albeit not in the best of scenarios. Ryan Willis clearly suffering from injury, which prompts this move. But none of us really know what to expect 
at least offensively, out of Hendon Hooker with such a small sample size. And I can't really say if I feel less or more confident about Virginia Tech bringing in Hendon Hooker against Miami on the road. So just jumping into this game, what changes in your Miami preview? Yeah, I don't know if much changes. I mean, you touched on it. We just don't know enough about Booker as a quarterback to decide if this is going to make a substantial difference, if it's going to be an upgrade, anything. I think the one thing it can do is kind of rejuvenate or galvanize the team, and particularly as a guy that can make something out of nothing, but also more so if Ryan Wells is that banged up and can't be an effective quarterback, continuing to put him out there. The whole team knows it. The whole offense knows it. They know that the chance of success with a guy who's really banged up is low. Now you put Hooker in there, who's going to make something out of nothing, and they're excited about him, and they're excited to play for him and make plays with him. I think that's something, just making a switch there could help You know, at, at the other positions. And I mean, I think his scrambling ability is huge when you talk about how much the offensive line has struggled. But at the end of the day, you're playing Miami on the road and their top 15 defense in the country. I don't think as, as much as, you know, hooker scrambling ability and all that might help, there's still really good defense. And whether you're a scrambling quarterback or a pocket passer or, or anything like that, a lot of offenses are going to struggle against this defense. So I, I, I'm not sure it changes too much there. Anyone who's watched that William and Mary highlight of him streaking down the sideline, 69-yard touchdown run off of a read option, I know it was William and Mary, but you can see the pure athleticism, his speed in the open field at 6'4 and 225 pounds. He, he's an electric athlete, and I think that's what he brings to the quarterback room. I think we'll see a lot of him in space, rollouts, whatever designs they can to really get him to the next level. My biggest concern with Hendon Hooker really is ball security. We've seen him fumble the uh, handoff last weekend against Duke. We've seen muffed snaps. We've seen other fumble. So I am curious to see him in in a bigger role. How can he protect the football? Can he protect the football? I think that's the number one biggest point against this Miami defense. Obviously, no Virginia Tech fan wants to see the turnover chain, and especially multiple times throughout that game, if you already know that other guys in the running back room have struggled with fumbles as well. I think in terms of expectations for this game, you know, we already we touched on it in our predictions uh, that we expect Miami to be a two-plus score favorite. I don't think anything changes in that regard. But I do think that because he's such an unknown factor, you know, Virginia Tech does have a little bit more chance, at least in the running game, uh, to make something happen. So we'll see if, if that's enough to keep possession more, maybe uh, extend some drives, you know, if they consistently run for four yards down the field, uh, hold on to the ball, limit the exposure of their defense on the field, you know, who knows, maybe they can win a 10-7 a game, uh, play really uh, secure and, and slow and methodical. But yeah, I am very curious to see what happens with Hendon Hooker at the helm for Virginia Tech. Uh, moving forward, though, I think this does have big implications on on Ryan Willis's future. We did talk about his health concerns. I think now everyone can see they're legitimate. I want you to kind of reiterate your plan for Hendon Hooker these next few weeks and, and what you would do with Ryan Willis. Yeah, we talked about it a little bit earlier this week, but this is Hooker's time to kind of show you what he's got and 
you know, I don't think, you know, rotating Willis and Hooker has worked very well to date. And, you know, Willis is not going to get healthier by continuing to play. So looking at the schedule, well, you look at it, you got Miami this game, a very winnable game against Rhode Island, that regardless of what happens this game, that'll be a game where Hooker can really get back on track, hopefully. And then you got a home game against North Carolina before before bye. So if you look at it and you're thinking, we need a we need to evaluate Hooker and see if he's the best fit for this offense. I think this is a good three-game stretch to do that. And then if you're also thinking, you know, at the end of the day, Ryan Will is probably the best quarterback on the roster right now. Tech needs him to win games at some point this season, but he's not going to do it if he's, if he's banged up. So, And then obviously against Rhode Island, that's a game where Quincy Patterson could also get some time. And then for the home game against UNC, leading into the bye week, you could realistically get Brian will at four to five weeks and get probably four weeks of rest leading into the five back to back to back to back to back game in November where you could go to Notre Dame with the healthiest Ryan Willis you could possibly get at this point in the season. He's not going to get healthier playing. So you might as well sit him, look at Hooker, and then evaluate in early November who your starting quarterback is for the final five games. I'm very curious to see how they handle this. And I guess it all really depends on Ryan Willis's health, how he comes back from his shoulder injury. It is interesting looking ahead at the schedule. I think the earliest I would want to see Ryan Willis, potentially North Carolina, but I'm kind of pushing it towards Notre Dame uh, to see what he can do against that defense. I do wonder what the public perception of Fuente will be if he's experimenting with Hen and Hooker. Let's assume they lose on the road against Miami. They beat URI. All of a sudden, they're three and three, zero and three in the ACC. If Hen and Hooker comes out and doesn't look the part in North Carolina, and also assuming that Ryan Willis is once again banged up, and you move to zero and four in the ACC, what I mean, what at that point you see a coach that's trying to make a change? How bad will the criticisms be at that point? Yeah, I think that's the doomsday scenario, but it's a very real scenario. I mean, everybody expects Virginia Tech to lose this weekend against Miami on the road. Everyone thinks Virginia Tech should be able to handle Rhode Island the week after. And then UNC is kind of a toss-up game with how they've played. But yeah, if they drop both of those games, then Virginia Tech, that would make them three and three and four. Green floor at that point with wins over Rhode Island, Furman, and Old Dominion. The pressure would definitely be on, but I also think if you're going to flip flop back to Ryan Willis after North Carolina, relying on, you know, stating the fact that, you know, he's had a couple weeks and now he's healthier and is their best option going forward would work. I think, I think really this whole season, um, this three game stretch here, it's not irrelevant. But I think in terms of the program as a whole and Justin Fuente and that whole question about whether he's the right right coach is going to come down to the final five games in November. Yeah, and that's definitely going to be a scary final five games if they're three and four after North Carolina. That means they will have to get four wins over either number nine Notre Dame, number 22 Wake Forest, number 23 Virginia, Pittsburgh, and Georgia Tech. So that's definitely a very tough slate there to win four out of what? five of those teams. It's going to be interesting. We'll see what happens. Regardless, I'm personally very excited to finally see Hendon Hooker starting a game. Don't like the circumstances around it, and especially for Ryan Willis. Uh, But this is good because eventually you have to look forward to next year, and this is a little sneak preview at that. 
maybe he excels expectations and all of a sudden starts the rest of the games for for the year. I don't know if I want to jump to that conclusion yet, but uh, we'll see after this Miami game. Doug, thanks for joining on the emergency podcast this week to talk about Hendon Hooker. Absolutely. Thanks for having me on. I'm glad I could um, create some free time in my schedule today to get, get around to it. Yeah, absolutely. We always appreciate that out of you. But thank you, everyone, for listening to this week's emergency podcast. I don't know how many of these we'll do. Uh, If any breaking news comes out during midweek or after we record our initial podcast once per week that comes out on Wednesdays, I'm sure we'll be sure to pump one out. Just a quick little episode to kind of discuss the major talking points heading into the game. But, Doug, we'll see you next week for regularly programmed podcasts.